0: Praise God for the opportunity to be here and to uh, celebrate uh, our veterans and our soldiers today and remembering and celebrating God's grace uh, upon our nation as as a whole today we're going to be stepping away from our first John series uh, to take the opportunity to uh, uh, to recognize uh, as we said it being Veterans Day weekend and and all that goes along with that. Today is going to be more of a topical sermon than usual. Instead of being in one book of the Bible and one section of Scripture, we're going to bounce around a little bit today. And the idea is to see what the Scripture has to show us concerning a specific topic. And we're going to begin in the book of Exodus chapter 15. If you've got a Bible with you, go ahead and turn to Exodus 15. Now that's going to be where we start today. And with it being Veterans Day, this is our opportunity to recognize and honor those who have fought for America. There is a sentiment among some Christians that followers of Jesus should not fight, that we should be pacifists. And the argument behind that is that they believe that Jesus was a pacifist. However, when we look at the Bible, it tells us that mankind was created in God's image, and the Bible also identifies us as Christians. The word Christian literally means little Christ. And so to be made in the image of God and to be one who identifies with Christ, we need to look to the scriptures to determine whether or not, indeed, we as believers in Jesus should fight or not. And I believe what we're going to see is that we need to follow God's example and forcefully stand up, if need be, to fight for what is right. As we look to how the Bible identifies God and as we look to the example of Christ, we need to follow His example and forcefully stand up, if need be, to fight for what is right. I want to ask you to stand with me in reverence for the reading of God's Word as we look at Exodus chapter 15 and verse 3. And here Moses writes these words in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you today humbly. We come to you today expectantly. As we open the scriptures, God, I pray that you would open our hearts that we might receive what you have for us today. And Father, may we have a true understanding of you and your character and of our Savior Jesus Christ. And Lord, by your power and by your grace, may we seek to become more like Jesus, your Son, in whose name we do pray. Amen. Thank you. you, may be seated. As the scripture we just read shows us, God is a warrior. And to be made in his image, we too as human beings, when called upon, we all need to be warriors. We need to be warriors for what is right. We see in the Scripture, first of all, that God indeed fights. He fights for His people. God fights for His people. He is zealous to protect His covenant people. He identifies Himself as a warrior. We see that in Exodus 15. The context is the people of Israel had just been liberated from Egypt. God had parted the Red Sea for them. They had crossed safely. The Egyptians pursued them. And then God allowed the Red Sea to swallow up the soldiers of Egypt. And we come to chapter 15 of Exodus. Moses breaks out into song, and Israel sings with him. In verse 1 it says, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea, and the choices of its officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deeps cover them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your burning anger, and it consumes them as chaff. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw out my sword. My hand will destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you among the gods, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your loving kindness, you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you have guided them in your habitation. We see in the Scripture here that God indeed fights for His people. He has made a covenant agreement with those who belong to Him, and God zealously... Fights for his people we see that also in the book of 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verse 15 we are told that the battle is the Lord's and time and time again throughout the Old Testament we see God miraculously intervening God stepping in into the battle and fighting for his people but it's not only in the Old Testament we see this in the New Testament and we see this in all places in the person of Jesus Christ we are told Jesus was a pacifist that Jesus never fought but listen to what Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 and 15 say it says when you were dead in your transgressions and in the uncircumcision of your flesh he made you alive together with him with Jesus having forgiven us all our transgressions having cancelled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us which was hostile to us and he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross and when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities he made a public display of them having triumphed over them through him it is through Jesus and his death on the cross that Jesus fought and conquered the enemy Jesus fought for us And He died on the cross for us. What looked like a defeat was actually victory as Jesus died for your sins and for my sins so that we could be made right with God through faith in Him. Our God is a warrior. Jesus is a warrior. We also read in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54-57, through in the context of speaking about the resurrection of Christ, Paul writes, When this perishable will have put on the imperishable and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through his death on the cross, through his resurrection, he fought and gained victory for us his people if we would in turn put our faith in him and recognize as, as far as our eternal destiny is concerned the battle is the Lord's and the battle has already been fought and it has been won by our Lord Jesus Christ God fights for his people but it may come as a surprise to some that secondly God fights sometimes against his people Just because we belong to God, we cannot presume upon His grace. You do not get a free pass to live any way you see fit. And expect that just because you're a Christian, God is going to bless you. No. Sometimes God fights against His very people. We see that in the Scriptures. We see that in the book of Judges, chapter 2, starting at verse 11. Then the sons of Israel... Did evil in the sight of the Lord, and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt, and they followed other gods from among the gods of the peoples whom they were around, and bowed themselves down to them, and thus they provoked the Lord to anger. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtaroth. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hands of plunderers. Who plundered them, and he sold them in the hands of their enemies around them, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had spoken, and as the Lord had sworn to them, so that they were severely distressed. Then the Lord raised up judges who delivered them from the hands of those who plundered them, yet they did not listen to their judges for they played the harlot after other gods and bowed themselves down to them they turned aside quickly from the way in which their fathers had walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord they did not do as their fathers when the Lord raised up judges for them the Lord was with the judge and delivered them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge for the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed and afflicted them but it came about when the judge died that they would turn back and act more corruptly than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and bow down to them they did not abandon their practices or their stubborn ways so the anger of the Lord once again burned against Israel and he said because this nation has transgressed my covenant which I commended their fathers and has not listened to my voice I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died in order to test Israel by them whether they will keep the way of the Lord to walk in it as their fathers did or not. So the Lord allowed those nations to remain, not driving them out quickly, and he did not give them to the hand of Joshua. God fought against his people. We also see in the book of Second Chronicles chapter 36, verse 15-21, through we read about Israel being carried away into exile to Babylon. We read about Jerusalem being destroyed. We read about the temple of God being plundered. And the people wondered, how could that happen? We're God's people. We identify ourselves with the Lord. Why has our enemies prospered against us? It's because when God's people forsake God's Word, God will and does fight against them in order to discipline his children in order to wake his children up in order to bring his people to their knees back to him God does fight against his people even though we might say but God is on our side Abraham Lincoln was once asked that question do you believe God is on your side his response, Sir, my concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on god 's side. for God is always right. God fights for His people, but sometimes God fights against his people. Scripture also shows us one of the way God fights for His people is that God fights around his people. God utilizes His angels to fight and defend those who belong to him. We read that in the book of Psalms, Psalm 91 verses 11 through 13. It says, "For he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will bear you up in their hands lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent; you will trample down. God's angels, he gives them charge over you." Hebrews 2:14 says, "Angels are ministering spirits" that God sends to fight and protect those who belong to Him. Revelation chapter 12, we read about the war in heaven that breaks out where Michael and his angels fight against the serpent and cast him and his angels out of heaven. God's angels fight all around His people. We see one story that exemplifies that for us in the book of 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 15 through 17. Elisha and his servants... We're surrounded by enemy forces. And we read this. It says, Now when the attendant of the man of God had risen early and gone out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was circling the city. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Billy Graham has once said, if God would permit the curtain of heaven to be pulled to the side, we would see all around us forces, spiritual forces, fighting some against us but many, many more fighting for us. God fights around His people, and we need to put our faith in God that He will preserve us supernaturally. God fights around His people. God also fights through His people. The Bible shows us that we as Christians are enlisted as soldiers in the army of God. The first place that we see that might come as a, a, a bit of surprise to you, it might sound a little bit odd to you, but we see this in the Great Commission, Matthew chapter twenty-eight, verses eighteen through twenty. It says then Jesus came and he spoke to them, saying, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always." even to the end of the age. You might think, what does evangelism and what does discipleship have to do with warfare? The answer, everything. Because what Jesus is commissioning us to do as soldiers is to invade enemy territory, to storm the very gates of hell where Satan holds he holds prisoners captive he holds souls captive and Jesus sends us with the marching orders with the power of the gospel to liberate to stake the the flag in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit to claim souls to rescue souls for the kingdom of God against the forces in the kingdom of evil the great commission is a declaration of war And we are sent out as soldiers in the army of God. And Jesus says, I am with you in this. He sends us out to do what might seem impossible. How can I rescue anyone's soul from the devil? You can't, but Christ can and Christ does. When you live your life the way you're supposed to live it and you open your mouth and you declare the truths and the mercies and the grace of God Almighty, when you do that... God fights through you. You are engaged in spiritual warfare and you are over your head on your own. But Scripture shows us that God has given us armor for this fight. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 17 Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We might think, well, those people out there, those atheists, those unbelievers, those people that are, that are antagonistic to the gospel, they're our enemies. No, they're not. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. They are held captive. They are in the army of Satan. They know no better. They do what their nature calls them to do and what they are being led to do. Our battle is not against them. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the powers, the world forces of darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, because this battle is against forces greater than us, take up the full armor of God. It's not your armor. It's not my armor. It's not the church's armor. It's the armor of God. God has given this to us and shame on us if we do not put it on shame on you if you do not take it up shame on you if you do not stand firm with the power and the authority that God has granted to you therefore take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm you're in a battle you're in a war whether you acknowledge it or not war is raging all around you and you are in it what are you going to do? Christians must put on the armor of God and stand firm and not back down we are to fight we fight stand firm therefore having girded your loins with truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace in addition to all taking up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God He has given these things to us so that we might fight. So that He might fight through His people. And that's where we find ourselves today. In the church age, Christ has come, declared war with the enemy, and He has fought and earned the victory. In the meantime, we are still fighting and He is still fighting through us. The victory is guaranteed through the cross and the resurrection. Yet we still fight. We still fight. Oh, but brothers and sisters, there's coming a day There is coming a day when the fighting ceases. There is coming a day when the war is over. There is coming a day when the enemy is not only defeated, he is utterly destroyed. And in that day, we read this in Scripture, that God will fight beside His people. In the book of Revelation, chapter 19, we read about the second coming of Christ. In the final battle against enemy, God fights beside His people. Oh, don't get me wrong. He is the main soldier. He is the one who earns the victory, yet by his grace he allows us to join him in this victory against the one who has plagued us, against the one who has who has beguiled us, against the one who has caused all kinds of destruction, against the one who has brought sorrow and heartache and shame, and against the one who has tempted us till we were sore. He allows us to join him to destroy to destroy this enemy. Revelation 19 starting at verse 11 and I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on it is called faithful and true and in righteousness he judges and wages war. Now tell me Jesus is a pacifist. He judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire and on his head are many diadems, many crowns and he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed clothed with a robe dipped in blood and his name is called the word of God and the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen white and clean we are told in scripture we are told in revelation that the the linen and the white robes of the saints are the righteousness of the saints He's talking about Christians believers the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen white and clean were following him on white horses We're going to be there with him. And from his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations. It's by his word, by what he says, by his promises. He will strike down the nations. He will rule them with a rod of iron, and he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun and he cried out with a loud voice saying to all the birds which fly in heaven, come, assemble for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings and the flesh of commanders and the flesh of mighty men and the flesh of horses and of all those who sit on them and the flesh of all men, both free men and slaves and small and great. And I saw the beast And the kings of the earth and their armies assembled to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. The forces of evil fighting not only God but fighting us as well. And the beast was seized and with him the false prophet who performed the signs in his presence by which he deceived those who had received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire which burns with brimstone and the rest were killed with the sword which came from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. What is the biblical picture of God? What is the biblical image of Christ? Again, we we identify ourselves as Christians. It's not all peace and love and rainbows and unicorns, is it? Our God is a warrior. Our God is fierce. Our God fights. Our God fights with wrath and anger. Our God is zealous for His people. He is zealous for justice and righteousness and therefore God fights. What belonged to Him was taken away by the enemy and His deception and God sent His Son Jesus to fight and to conquer and overcome through the blood of the cross and through the power of the resurrection. Our God fights for us. And we are in His image. And when we see injustice, and when we see unrighteousness, we better fight. Our God is a warrior. We are people of a warrior king. He does not tolerate evil. He does not tolerate injustice. Our God fights. Therefore, we need to follow God's example, and we forcefully stand up, if need be, for what is right. We fight. This past week, I had the opportunity to go on a field trip with my son, Logan, and we stayed in a room with two other young boys, and we were watching TV. And a commercial came on for the Ultimate Fighting Championships. I don't know if you've ever seen that or not, but it's kind of like boxing and wrestling mixed together, but it's It's very brutal. And we were watching the commercial, and one of the guys was just pounding this other guy in the face, and blood was flying everywhere. And one of the boys was like, "Why? You know, what? What's the point of this? Who would want to watch this?" And I'm like, "You know, I don't know. I don't know why anybody would pound and pulverize somebody just for sports." Now, we as Christians, we are called to fight. We are called not to be violence. We're called to be virtuous. That means there is a time and there is a place and there is a reason and there is a way that we fight. Don't get me wrong. We do fight, but we fight with a purpose. We fight for a cause. We're not gladiators. We're not going out just picking fights ready to punch people in the nose. But if the time calls for it, and that's what we need to do, We follow God's example. Edmund Burke once famously quoted this, the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. As God's people, if we do nothing in the face of evil, if we do nothing in the face of suffering, we are allowing evil to triumph. So you tell me, is it okay for Christians to fight? Is it okay for Christians to take up arms, to become soldiers, to be veterans? The question's not, is it okay? The question is, why shouldn't we? It's what we're supposed to do. We fight for what's important to us. We fight for what belongs to us. We are zealous to protect our people and to protect what God has given us. And we fight the forces of evil. Any any tyranny that seeks to enslave, any any kingdom that, that seeks to promote wickedness, unrighteousness, and ungodliness, we fight. We could sum it up like this. Always fight for what is right. Veterans, soldiers, Widows, never be ashamed. Never let anyone shame you for fighting because you are created in the image of God. You are a follower of Jesus. Our God is a warrior. And we should do likewise. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your scripture in which God you speak truth there is a temptation sometimes Lord to to think well Jesus is this way or, or, or Jesus was that way and there is a pressure sometimes from the outside to make us conform to some image of the Lord that's not biblical but God when we read the Bible from cover to cover We see you taking up the sword and we see you God fighting and we see you relentless and zealous and powerful and strong and mighty and courageous. Father, that is you. You are our King and I praise God that I am protected and preserved in your mighty right hand. But Lord, I know that You're not above fighting against me. In times when I step outside Your will, when I choose to follow the desires of the flesh and the ways of the world, God, I know You will fight against me, not because You hate me or You have have forsaken me. It's because You love me. You desire what's best for me. I thank you, God, you love me enough that you will fight against me so that I may turn back to you. And Lord, when we wave the white flag and surrender, oh, it's the best place in the world to be because you are a gracious and a merciful and a forgiving God. Maybe somebody here today, Lord, they are your enemy because they have never turned to Christ by faith. I pray today, right now, God, you melt their hearts. I pray right now, God, you break their will. Oh, I pray right now, God, you open their eyes that they might see the beauty of your glory. And how could anyone turn away from the beautiful sight that is the truth of Jesus Christ? Oh, Lord, how we desperately need you. And thank you that when we cry out to you, you hear and you answer. Father, I pray you would work in our time of decision today. Do a mighty work that only you can do as you touch hearts. You change lives. You change the course of of eternity when we humble ourselves and cry out to you, our warrior king. Help us, God. Enable us to be fighters for what is right, what is holy, what is true. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to ask you to stand as we...